0: An estimated 5.3 million Americans currently have Alzheimer's disease, yet this brain disorder is far less common than heart disease. More than 85 million people in the United States are living with some form of cardiovascular disease or the aftereffects of stroke, which also affects brain function. Many people don't realize that Alzheimer's and heart disease share a genetic link, the epilipoprotein E gene. Also known as APO, genetic testing for APO, which is done mainly in research settings and isn't yet widely available, cannot predict whether a person will develop Alzheimer's disease. Only whether they may be more likely than others to do so. The results of APO testing can be distressing for people who discover they carry a potentially a worrisome variant of the gene. But a recent Harvard study revealed. The heart your heart is the size of your fist and the strongest muscle in your body. Your heart started beating about three weeks after you were conceived. If you live to be 70 your heart will have beat two and a half billion times. Each heartbeat pumps blood around the body, pushing it from the left heart chambers, through arteries of ever decreasing size, finally reaching the capillaries in all parts of the body. Once your body has taken oxygen and nutrients from the blood, it is returned to the heart via the veins to the right chambers of the heart. On its way back, the blood passes through the liver and waste products are removed. As marvelous as this system is, it is very vulnerable to damage from the things we do to it, like smoking, eating on unhealthy diet or putting it under stress. Or you may be born with a heart condition. When your heart's functions become compromised, this is known as cardiovascular disease, a broad term that covers any disorder to the system that has the heart at its center. More than a million Americans have heart attacks each year. A heart attack, or myocardial infarction, me, is permanent damage to the heart muscle. Myo means muscle, cardio refers to the heart An infarction means death of tissue due to lack of blood supply. The heart muscle requires a constant supply of oxygen-rich blood to nourish it. The coronary arteries provide the heart with this critical blood supply. If you have coronary artery disease, those arteries become narrow and blood cannot flow as well as they should. Fatty matter, calcium, proteins, and inflammatory cells build up within the arteries to form plaques of different sizes. The plaque deposits are hard on the outside and soft and mushy on the inside. A heart attack happens when the flow of oxygen-rich blood to a section of heart muscle suddenly becomes blocked and the heart can't get oxygen. If blood flow isn't restored quickly, the section of heart muscle begins to die. Heart attack treatment works best when it's given right after symptoms occur. If you think you or someone else is having a heart attack, even if you're not sure, call 911 right away. Heart attacks most often occur as a result of coronary heart disease, CHD, also called coronary artery disease. CHD is a condition in which a waxy substance called plaque builds up inside the coronary arteries. These arteries supply oxygen-rich blood to your heart. When plaque builds up in the arteries, the condition is called atherosclerosis. The buildup of plaque occurs over many years. Eventually, an area of plaque can rupture, break open, inside of an artery. This causes a blood clot to form on the plaque's surface. If the clot becomes large enough, It can mostly or completely block blood flow through a coronary artery. If the blockage isn't treated quickly, the portion of heart muscle fed by the artery begins to die. Healthy heart tissue is replaced with scar tissue. This heart damage may not be obvious, or it may cause severe or long-lasting problems. When the plaque is hard, the outer shell cracks, plaque rupture. Platelets disc-shaped particles in the blood that aid clotting, come to the area, and blood clots form around the plaque. If a blood clot totally blocks the artery, the heart muscle becomes starved for oxygen. Within a short time, death of heart muscle cells occurs, causing permanent damage. This is a heart attack. A heart attack is a frightening, confusing and stressful experience. Life after a heart attack isn't easy, but we're with you all the way on your journey toward recovery. Here you will find information about heart attack warning signs, risk factors, diagnosis, treatment, and life as a survivor or caregiver. You will also find heart attack tools and resources to help you get and stay healthy. If you think you are having a heart attack, please dial 911 immediately. Don't wait to get help if you experience any of these heart attack warning signs. Although some heart attacks are sudden and intense, most start slowly, with mild pain or discomfort. Pay attention to your body and call 911 if you feel chest discomfort. Most heart attacks involve discomfort in the center of the chest that lasts more than a few minutes, or that goes away and comes back. can feel like uncomfortable pressure, squeezing, fullness or pain. Discomfort In other areas of the upper body. Symptoms can include pain or discomfort in one or both arms, the back, neck, jaw or stomach. Shortness of breath with or without chest discomfort. Other signs may include breaking out in a cold. Sweat, nausea or lightheadedness. A less common cause of heart attack is a Severe spasm, tightening, of a coronary artery. The spasm cuts off blood flow through the artery. Spasms can occur in coronary arteries that are unaffected by atherosclerosis. Heart attacks can be associated with or lead to severe health problems, such as heart failure and life threatening arrhythmias. Heart failure is a condition in which the heart can't pump enough blood to meet the body's needs. Arrhythmias are irregular heartbeats. Ventricular fibrillation Is a life-threatening arrhythmia that can cause death if not treated right. Away Don't wait and get help quickly acting fast at the first sign of heart. Attack symptoms can save your life and limit damage to your heart. Treatment Works best when it's given right after symptoms occur. Many people aren't sure what's wrong when they are having symptoms of a heart. Attack Some of the most common warning symptoms of a heart attack for both men and women are chest pain or discomfort. Most heart attacks involve discomfort in the center or left side of the chest. The discomfort usually lasts more than a few minutes or goes away and comes back. It can feel like pressure, squeezing, fullness, or pain. It also can feel like heartburn or indigestion. Upper body discomfort you may feel pain or discomfort in one or both arms the back shoulders neck jaw or upper part of the stomach above the belly button shortness of breath this may be your only symptom or it may occur before or along with chest pain or discomfort it can occur when you are resting or doing a little bit of physical activity other possible symptoms of a heart attack include Breaking out in a cold sweat. Feeling unusually tired for no reason, sometimes for days, especially if you are a woman. Nausea, feeling sick to the stomach, and vomiting. Lightheadedness or sudden dizziness. Any sudden, new symptom or a change in the pattern of symptoms you already have, for example, if your symptoms become stronger or less longer than usual. Not all heart attacks begin with the sudden, Crushing chest pain that often is shown on TV or in the movies, or other common symptoms such as chest discomfort. The symptoms of a heart attack can vary from person to person. Some people can have few symptoms and are surprised to learn they've had a heart attack. If you've already had a heart attack, your symptoms may not be the same for another one. Quick action can save your life. Call 911. If you think you or someone else may be having heart attack symptoms or a heart attack, don't ignore it or feel embarrassed to call for help. Call 911 for emergency medical care. Acting fast can save your life. Do not drive to the hospital or let someone else drive you. Call an ambulance so that medical personnel can begin life saving treatment on the way to the emergency room. Symptoms vary between men and women. As with men, women's most common heart attack symptom is chest pain or discomfort. But women are somewhat more likely than men to experience some of the other common symptoms, particularly shortness of breath, nausea, vomiting, and back or jaw pain. Learn about the warning signs of heart attack in women. Act fast learn the signs, but remember this, even if you're not sure it's a heart attack have it checked out. Minutes matter. Fast action can save lives maybe your own. Don't wait call 911 or your emergency response number. Calling 911 is almost always the fastest way to get life-saving treatment. Emergency medical services, EMS. Staff can begin treatment when they arrive up to an hour sooner than if someone gets to the hospital by car. EMS staff are also trained to revive someone whose heart has stopped. Patients with chest pain who arrive by ambulance usually receive faster treatment at the hospital, too. It is best to call EMS for rapid transport to the emergency room. You had a heart attack. Now, what? After a first heart attack, most people go on to live a long, productive life. But having a heart attack does mean you need to make some changes your heart is in your hands you have the power to care for your heart by managing your condition and living a healthy lifestyle what to expect questions confusion fear and uncertainty are normal and common recovering after a heart attack recovery is a lifelong journey getting and keeping your heart healthy will help lower your risk of having another heart attack here are five things you can do take your medications as prescribed by your doctor after your heart attack your doctor probably prescribed new medications to help treat and control your condition it is important to understand your medications be sure you know the answers to the following questions what are the names of your medications what do each of your medications do how and when should you take Your medications? What are the possible side effects? What should you do if you experience side effects? Learn more about typical heart attack medications. Attend your follow-up appointments. Attending your follow-up appointments will help your doctors keep track of your condition and recovery. You can make the most of your time with your doctor by preparing for your appointment. Participate in cardiac rehabilitation cardiac rehabilitation, or CR, is a medically supervised program designed to help you recover after a heart attack. You should have received a referral to cardiac rehab when you were discharged from the hospital. Learn more about CR here. Get support. It is normal to feel scared, overwhelmed or confused after a heart attack. Getting support from loved ones or from people who have also had a heart attack can help you cope. Connect with other heart attack survivors and caregivers through our support network. Manage your risk factors. After a heart attack, it is important to manage risk factors like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and diabetes by taking medications, quitting smoking, eating healthy food, and getting active. Find out more about managing your risk factors. Heart disease in the United States about 610,000 people die of heart disease in the United States every year. That's one in every four deaths every 43 seconds. Someone in the United States has a heart attack, a heart attack, also called a myocardial infarction, occurs when a part of the heart muscle doesn't receive enough blood flow the more time that passes without treatment to restore blood flow, the greater the damage to the heart muscle. Learn more about the signs and symptoms of a heart attack. Every year, about 735,000 Americans have a heart attack. Of these cases 525,000 are a first heart attack. 210,000 happen to people who have already had a first heart attack. One of five heart Attacks is silent the damage is done, but the person is not aware of it. Coronary artery disease, CAD, is the main cause of heart attack. A less common cause is a severe spasm, or sudden contraction, of a coronary artery that can stop blood flow to the heart muscle. If you know the signs and symptoms of a heart attack and recognize that you or someone near you is having a heart attack seek immediate treatment by calling 911. The longer you wait, the more damage to the heart muscle can occur. Heart disease, which includes heart disease, stroke and other cardiovascular diseases, is the number one cause of death in the United States, killing nearly 787,000 people alone in 2011. Heart disease is the leading cause of death for people of most racial, ethnic, groups in the United States, including African Americans, Hispanics and whites. For Asian Americans or Pacific Islanders and American Indians or Alaska Natives, heart disease is second only to cancer. Heart disease scope and impact photocardiovascular diseases claim more lives than all forms of cancer. Combined. Coronary heart disease is the most common type of heart disease killing nearly 380,000 people annually. In the United States, someone has a heart attack every 34 seconds. Every 60 seconds, someone in the United States dies from a heart disease-related event. About 720,000 people in the U.S. suffer heart attacks each year. Of these, 515,000 are a first heart attack and 205,000 happen in people who have already had a heart attack. In 2011, about 326,200 people experienced out-of-hospital cardiac arrests in the United States. Of those treated by emergency medical services, 10.6% survived. Of the 19,300 bystander witnessed out-of-hospital cardiac arrests in the same year. 31.4% survived. Direct and indirect costs of heart disease total more than $320.1 billion. That includes health expenditures and lost productivity. Heart disease is the number one killer of women, and is more deadly than all forms of cancer combined. While 1 in 31 American women dies from breast cancer each year, 1 in 3 dies of heart disease heart disease causes one in three women's deaths each year, killing approximately one woman every minute. Only one in five American women believe that heart disease is her greatest health threat. An estimated 43 million women in the U.S. are affected by heart disease. 90% of women have one or more risk factors for developing heart disease. Since 1984, More women than men have died each year from heart disease. The symptoms of heart disease can be different on women and men, and are often misunderstood. Health data compiled from more than 190 countries show heart disease remains the number one global cause of death, with 17.3 million deaths each year, according to Heart Disease and Stroke Statistics. CVDs are the number one cause of death globally more people die annually from CVDs than from any other cause. An estimated 17.5 million people died from CVDs in 2012, representing 31% of all global deaths. Of these deaths, an estimated 7.4 million were due to coronary heart disease and 6.7 million were due to stroke. Over three quarters of CVD deaths take place in low and middle income countries. Out of the 16 million deaths under the age of 70 due to non-communicable diseases, 82% are in low and middle income countries and 37% are caused by CVDs. Most cardiovascular diseases can be prevented by addressing behavioral risk factors such as tobacco use, unhealthy diet and obesity, physical inactivity and harmful use of alcohol using population-wide strategies people with cardiovascular disease or who are at high cardiovascular risk due to the presence of one or more risk factors such as hypertension diabetes hyperlipidemia or already established disease need early detection and management using counseling and medicines as appropriate cardiovascular diseases cvds are a group of disorders of the heart and blood vessels and they include, coronary heart disease of the blood vessels, supplying the heart muscle, cerebrovascular of the blood vessels supplying the brain, peripheral arterial disease of blood vessels supplying the arms and legs, rheumatic heart disease damage to the heart muscle and heart valves from rheumatic fever, caused by streptococcal bacteria, congenital heart disease, malformations of heart structure existing at birth, deep vein thrombosis and pulmonary embolism blood clots in the leg veins, which can dislodge and move to the heart and lungs. Heart attacks and strokes are usually acute events and are mainly caused by a blockage that prevents blood from flowing to the heart or brain. The most common reason for this is a buildup of fatty deposits on the inner walls of the blood vessels that supply the heart or brain. Strokes can also be caused by bleeding from a blood vessel in the brain or from blood clots. The cause of heart attacks and strokes are usually the presence of a combination of risk factors, such as tobacco use, unhealthy diet and obesity, physical inactivity and harmful use of alcohol, hypertension, diabetes and hyperlipidemia. The most important behavioral risk factors of heart disease and stroke are unhealthy diet, physical inactivity, tobacco use and harmful use of alcohol. The effects of behavioral risk factors may show up in individuals as raised blood pressure, raised blood glucose, raised blood lipids, and overweight and obesity. These intermediate risks factors can be Measured in primary care facilities and indicate an increased risk of developing a heart attack, stroke, heart failure, and other complications. Cessation of tobacco use, reduction of salt in the diet, consuming fruits and vegetables, regular physical activity, and avoiding harmful use of alcohol have been shown to reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease. In addition, drug treatment of diabetes. Hypertension and high blood lipids may be necessary to reduce cardiovascular risk and prevent heart attacks and strokes. Health policies that create conducive environments for making healthy choices, affordable and available, are essential for motivating people to adopt and sustain healthy behavior. There are also a number of underlying determinants of CVDs or the causes of the causes. These are a reflection of the major forces driving social, economic and cultural change globalization, urbanization and population aging. Other determinants of CVDs include poverty, stress and hereditary factors, common symptoms of cardiovascular diseases, symptoms of heart attacks and strokes. Often, there are no symptoms of the underlying disease of the blood vessels. A heart attack or stroke may be the first warning of underlying disease. Symptoms of a heart attack include pain or discomfort in the center of the chest, pain or discomfort in the arms, the left shoulder, elbows, jaw, or back. In addition, the person may experience difficulty in breathing or shortness of breath, feeling sick or vomiting, feeling lightheaded or faint, breaking into a cold sweat and becoming pale. Women are more likely to have shortness of breath, nausea, vomiting, and back or jaw pain. Call 911 FAST. The most common symptom of a stroke is sudden weakness of the face, arm, or leg, most often on one side of the body. Other symptoms include sudden onset of numbness of the face, arm, or leg, especially on one side of the body confusion, difficulty speaking or understanding speech, difficulty seeing with one or both eyes, difficulty walking, dizziness, loss of balance or coordination, severe headache with no known cause, and feigning or unconsciousness. People experiencing these symptoms should seek medical care immediately. Rheumatic heart disease is caused by damage to the heart valves and heart muscle from the inflammation and scarring caused by rheumatic fever. Rheumatic Fever is caused by an abnormal response of the body to infection with streptococcal bacteria, which usually begins as a sore throat or tonsillitis. In children, rheumatic fever mostly affects children in developing countries, especially where poverty is widespread. Globally, about 2% of deaths from cardiovascular diseases is related to rheumatic heart disease. Symptoms of rheumatic heart disease include shortness of breath, fatigue, irregular heart, beats, chest pain and fainting. Symptoms of rheumatic fever include fever, pain and swelling of the joints, nausea, stomach cramps and vomiting. Cardiovascular diseases is a development issue in low and middle income countries. At least three-quarters of the world's deaths from CVDs occur in low- and middle-income countries. People in low- and middle-income countries often do not have the benefit of integrated primary health care programs for early detection and treatment of people with risk factors compared to people in high-income countries. People in low- and middle-income countries who suffer From CVDs and other non-communicable diseases have less access to effective and equitable health care services which respond to their needs. As a result, many people in low and middle-income countries are detected late in the course of the disease and die younger from CVDs and other non-communicable diseases. Often in their most productive years, the poorest people in low and middle income countries are affected most at the household level, sufficient evidence is emerging to prove that CVDs and other non-communicable diseases contribute to poverty due to catastrophic health spending and high out-of-pocket expenditure. At macroeconomic level, CVDs place a heavy burden on the economies of low- and middle-income countries. How can the burden of cardiovascular diseases be reduced? Question. A very cost effective interventions that are feasible to be implemented even in low resource settings have been identified by World Health Organization for prevention and control of cardiovascular diseases. They include two types of interventions, population-wide and individual, which are recommended to be used in combination to reduce the greatest cardiovascular disease burden. Examples of population-wide interventions that can be implemented to reduce CVDs include Comprehensive tobacco control policies Taxation to reduce the intake of foods that are high in fat, sugar and salt Building walking and cycle paths to increase physical activity Strategies to reduce harmful use of alcohol Providing healthy school meals to children At the individual level for prevention of first heart attacks and strokes. Individual health care interventions need to be targeted to those at high total cardiovascular risk or those with single risk factor levels above traditional thresholds, such as hypertension and hypercholesterolemia. The former approach is more cost-effective than the latter and has the potential to substantially reduce cardiovascular events. This approach is feasible in primary care in low-resource settings, including by non-physician health workers for secondary prevention of cardiovascular disease in those with established disease, including diabetes. Treatment with the following medications are necessary. Aspirin. Beta blockers. Angiotensin converting enzyme inhibitors statins. The benefits of these interventions are largely independent, but when used Together with smoking cessation, nearly 75% of recurrent vascular events may be prevented. Currently, there are major gaps in the implementation of these interventions, particularly at the primary health care level. In addition, costly surgical operations are sometimes required to treat CVDs. They include coronary artery bypass, balloon angioplasty, where a small balloon like device is threaded through an artery to open the blockage, valve repair and replacement, heart transplantation, artificial heart operations. Medical devices are required to treat some CVDs. Such devices include pacemakers, prosthetic valves, and patches for closing holes in the heart. The American Heart Association, AHA, annual update on heart disease and stroke. Statistics The annual AHA Statistical Update brings up-to-date information on the core health behaviors and health factors that define cardiovascular, CV, health. It summarizes major clinical disease conditions and the associated outcomes, including quality of care, procedures, and economic costs. Poor lifestyle behavior, most important is suboptimal diet, and lifestyle. Related CV risk factors are the leading causes of death and disability in the United States and in the world. Among U.S. adults, the prevalence of ideal CV status currently varies from about 1.5% for the healthy diet pattern to up to 78% for the smoking metric, which remains the primary attributable risk in about one-third of coronary heart disease, CHD, deaths. Risks and benefits of e-cigarettes are controversial. While having the greatest potential for improvement, fewer children and adults over time are meeting the ideal diet. Cost compared to unhealthful is $1.50 per day, physical activity, and weight. Body mass index. Among overweight and obese individuals, existing cardiometabolic risk factors should be monitored and treated intensively with. Diet quality, physical activity, and pharmacological or other treatments as necessary. Each of these interventions provides benefits independent of weight loss. Estimated mean annual per capita health care expenses attributable to obesity are $1,160 for men and $1,525 for women. The risk of most CV disease. CVD. Conditions is higher in the presence of a family history, including CVD. 45% with sibling history, stroke, 50% with a first-degree relative, atrial. Fibrillation, 80% with parental history, heart failure, 70% with parental. History, and peripheral arterial disease, 80% with family history. Excess. Risk reflects genetic, epigenetic and shared behavioral and environmental risk factors. From 2003 to 2013, death rates attributable to CVD declined 28.8%. In the same 10-year period, the actual number of CVD deaths per year declined by 11.7%. Yet in 2013, CVD still accounted for 30.8%. 800,937, of all 2,596,993 deaths, or approximately one of every three deaths in the United States. From 2003 to 2013, the relative rate of stroke death fell by 33.7%, more among those 65 years, and the actual number of stroke deaths declined by 18.2%. Yet each, year, 795,000 people continued to experience a new or recurrent stroke, ischemic or hemorrhagic, the age-adjusted incidence and prevalence of atrial fibrillation in white participants increased approximately fourfold, yet the multivariable adjusted hazard of stroke, 74%, and death, 25%, associated fault with atrial fibrillation declined over the same time period. Each year, approximately 359,800 people experienced emergency medical services assessed out-of-hospital cardiac arrests in the United States. Survival to hospital discharge after non-traumatic emergency medical services treated cardiac arrest with any first recorded rhythm was 10.6% for patients of any age of the Approximately 20,150 bystander witnessed out-of-hospital cardiac arrests in 2011, 31.4% of victims survived to hospital discharge. Each year, approximately 209,000 people are treated for in hospital cardiac arrest. Coronary artery calcium, CAC, detected by computed tomography was noted as highly predictive of CHD event risk across all age groups, suggesting that once CAC is known, chronological age has less importance. Compared with a CAC score of 0, CAC 100 imparted an increased multivariable adjusted CHD event risk in younger individuals, 45-54 years old, with a hazard ratio, HR, of 12.4. The respective risk was similar even in the very elderly, 75-84 years of age. Between 2005 and 2011, adverse event rates in hospitalized patients declined for both myocardial infarction, from 5.0% to 3.7%, and congestive heart failure, from 3.7% to 2.7%. However, only 66.5% of eligible patients with coronary artery disease received the optimal evidence-based combination of medications. For 2011 to 2012, the estimated annual costs for CVD and stroke were $316.6 billion, including $193.1 billion in direct costs and 123.5 billion dollars from lost future productivity, cardiovascular and stroke premature deaths. By comparison, in 2011, the estimated direct cost of all cancer was 88.7 billion dollars. The deadly link between heart disease and Alzheimer's says, Edward R. Rosick. Do, mile per hour, DAB. In a researcher's report evidence supporting a link between. Alzheimer's disease and chronic heart failure, two of the ten leading causes of death in the US and Europe. Heart failure involves a harmful buildup of a protein called these men, says Giulio Agnetti, PhD, a postdoctoral research fellow at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine and the University of Bologna, in Italy. The changes led to the formation of debris like protein clusters in heart muscle similar to the amyloid plaques seen in the brain tissue of Alzheimer's patients, he says. The protein alterations, which were reversed by surgically repairing the heart, occurred at the onset of heart failure. Since then, the researchers found the same chemical modifications to these men in the heart muscle in four people diagnosed with heart failure. If the threat of a heart attack is not enough to compel Americans to trade in there cheeseburgers and recliners for salmon and exercise bikes, how about mounting evidence that cardiovascular disease may greatly increase one's risk of developing mind-destroying Alzheimer's disease? As scientists delve further into the twin pathologies of cardiovascular disease and dementia, they are increasingly convinced that afflictions of the heart and brain share common triggers and biochemical characteristics including inflammation, oxidative stress, and hypoxia, an oxygen deficit caused by impaired blood flow. Fortunately, many nutritional and botanical agents that have shown great efficacy in preventing and treating cardiovascular disease also appear to work via several important mechanisms to preserve healthy cognitive function and ward off the crippling effects of Alzheimer's and other forms of senile dementia. In this report, he examined the growing evidence indicating that cardiovascular disease may greatly increase one's likelihood of developing Alzheimer's, as well as strategies you can adopt today to safeguard the health of your heart and your mind. Twin afflictions of heart disease and Alzheimer's The latest data show that more than 60 million Americans suffer from some form of heart disease, including coronary artery disease, congestive heart failure, and cardiac arrhythmias, abnormal rhythms of the heart. Coronary artery disease in particular affects more than 13 million Americans. Although heart disease traditionally has been thought of as a man's disease, nearly half of the 600,000 Americans who will die from heart disease this year are women. With its alarming growth rate and lack of a cure, Alzheimer's disease is poised to become one of the most insidious medical problems of the 21st century. This devastating neurological condition progressively destroys one's memory and ability to think. Alzheimer's now affects more than 5 million Americans, including one of eight Americans aged 65 or older and nearly half of those over the age of 85. Someone in the United states develops Alzheimer's every 72 seconds, and according to current projections, by 2050 a new case of Alzheimer's disease will emerge every 33 seconds. Alzheimer's destroys memory in multiple ways. While scientists have not yet been able to pinpoint the exact cause of Alzheimer's, they have been able to elucidate some of the biochemical processes that produce the hallmark middle changes characteristic of the disease. First, Alzheimer's involves a significant decline in brain levels of acetylcholine, a neurochemical that is vitally important for memory formation and retention. Second, the disease is accompanied by an accumulation of harmful amyloid beta deposits, or senile plaques, in the brain. Third, brain autopsies of Alzheimer's patients show evidence of substantial oxidative damage wrought by free radicals. When energy is generated, free radicals are produced in every cell in the body, particularly brain cells. However, in Alzheimer's disease, free radicals are produced in much greater amounts than normal, leading to significant damage to the brain. In a recent article on this topic in the Annals of the New York Academy of Sciences, the investigators concluded that altogether, our findings emphasize the importance of oxidative stress in the pathogenesis of Alzheimer's disease, deadly connections, hypoxia, amyloid beta, and oxidative stress. While researchers certainly know much more today about how Alzheimer's affects the brain, we still do not know why this disease afflicts some people and spares others. However, groundbreaking research strongly suggests an intimate link between Alzheimer's and cardiovascular diseases such as atherosclerosis, hypertension, and stroke. Considerable evidence suggests that Alzheimer's disease could be considered primarily a vascular disorder in which the brain does not receive enough blood flow to function optimally. This hypothesis is supported by numerous observations impaired blood flow to the brain can set in motion cognitive and neurodegenerative changes similar to those seen in Alzheimer's disease. Medications that improve cerebral blood flow improve Alzheimer's disease. Symptoms and decreased cerebral blood flow may be detectable even before symptoms of Alzheimer's disease manifest. A recent report in the Proceedings of the New York Academy of Sciences has shown that hypoxia the reduction in oxygen received by the brain due to decreased blood flow may be a trigger that contributes to the pathogenesis of Alzheimer's disease the authors of this important research have shown that hypoxia increases the activity of a gene called base 1 which is involved in the production of damaging amyloid beta plaques found in the brains of Alzheimer's patients the researchers found that hypoxia markedly increased amyloid beta deposition and plaque formation in central neurons since a decrease in the amount of oxygen delivered to the brain may very well set off a cascade of events that culminates in Alzheimer's disease conditions like heart disease a cause of brain hypoxia provide a stark connection between heart disease and Alzheimer's besides increasing amyloid beta production hypoxic conditions in the brain also heightened levels of oxidative stress, an increase that poses serious dangers for the delicate cells of the central nervous system. Scientists believe that chronic oxidative stress may cause neuronal cell death, which ultimately manifests as the cognitive impairment and brain pathology known as Alzheimer's disease. Finally, hypoxia caused by heart disease may also Contribute to the lower levels of acetylcholine observed in Alzheimer's disease. In a study of rats, researchers shows that chronic hypoxia, the same type typically seen in heart disease, induced by decreased blood flow to the brain caused a substantial drop in acetylcholine levels, as well as brain cell damage. While the theory that Alzheimer's disease is primarily an ischemic impaired blood flow, rather than degenerative type of brain diseases. Intriguing, many scientists suggest that both vascular and degenerative mechanisms contribute to the development of dementia, especially in very old age. Cardiovascular disease impairs blood flow to the brain, comprising the heart and the body's blood vessels. The cardiovascular system is responsible for carrying nutrients and oxygen to the body's tissues and removing carbon dioxide and other wastes from them. These key functions are markedly impaired by cardiovascular diseases such as coronary heart disease, atherosclerosis, and heart failure. The brain a tremendous consumer of energy and one of the most metabolically active tissues in the body may be especially vulnerable to the effects of impaired delivery of oxygen and nutrients along with impaired removal of wastes. Hypoxia occurs when tissues fail to receive adequate oxygen. Scientists are discovering that conditions that reduce blood flow contribute to hypoxia, with potentially devastating consequences for the brain. Alzheimer's disease strikes fear in people's hearts, as it gradually erodes a person's ability to remember, think, and learn. There is no cure, and available treatments alleviate symptoms only temporarily. Yet while an estimated 5.3 million Americans currently have Alzheimer's disease, this brain disorder is far less common than heart disease. More than 85 million people in the United States are living with some form of cardiovascular disease or the after effects of stroke, which also affects brain function. Many people don't realize that Alzheimer's and heart disease share a genetic link, the apolipoprotein E gene known as APO, understanding the APO gene. The APO gene provides instructions for making a protein that transports cholesterol in the bloodstream. Because of cholesterol's well-known role in heart disease, early research on this gene focused on how it might affect that risk. It turns out that having at least one copy of the undesirable E4 variant of apo increases blood levels of both harmful LDL cholesterol and triglycerides by about 10 points. This translates to a slightly higher risk of cardiovascular disease. It's a well-proven association, but the effect of the E4 variant on Alzheimer's disease risk is stronger, notes Dr. Kurt Christensen. Instructor of medicine at Harvard Medical School. The amyloid effect. Exactly how the E4 variant affects Alzheimer's disease remains a mystery. But the variant seems to hamper the clearance of amyloid plaque, the clumps of protein found in the brains of people with Alzheimer's amyloid. Plaque is thought to destroy brain cells, causing the diseases devastating. Symptoms, says a Dr. Christensen. He and colleagues recently published a study in Annals of Internal Medicine that included 257 people who were interested in knowing their genetic risk of Alzheimer's disease. Nearly 70% had a parent or sibling with the disease. All received information about their genetic risk of Alzheimer's, but half were randomly assigned to get the following additional information. In addition to Alzheimer's disease, a PO has been found to be connected to heart disease. Some studies have shown that people who carry E4 also have A higher risk of developing heart disease. Potential strategies to reduce the risk of coronary artery disease include smoking cessation, a healthy diet, weight loss, treatment of elevated cholesterol, and exercise with your doctor's permission spurring positive changes. Among the people who had a higher risk based on their post status, learning about the additional risk to their hearts actually reduce their distress, says a Dr. Kristensen and over. The following year, something even more unexpected happened, they made a number of healthy behavior changes, such as improving their diets, reducing their stress levels, and being more physically active. These habits aren't proven to help stave off Alzheimer's disease. But doctors generally agree that what's good for the heart is good for the brain. The findings offer reassurance that disclosing genetic information about possible health risks can be helpful particularly when the knowledge comes with action-oriented suggestions about ways to lessen the impact of that risk. Understanding the APO gene. The APO gene comes in three different forms. E2, E3, and E4. Everyone inherits two variants, one from each parent. More than half of people in the general population have two copies of the most common variant, E3, which doesn't appear to affect the risk of either heart disease or Alzheimer's disease. The Apo gene provides instructions for making the protein that transports cholesterol in the bloodstream. It comes in three different forms. E2, E3, and E4. Everyone inherits two variants, one from each parent. More than half of people in the general population have two copies of the most common variant, E3, which doesn't appear to affect the risk of either heart disease or Alzheimer's disease. The potentially problematic variant is E4. Having at least one copy of the E4 variant increases blood levels of both Harmful LDL cholesterol and triglycerides by about 10 points. This translates to a slightly higher risk of cardiovascular disease. It's a well proven association. But the effect of the E4 variant on Alzheimer's disease risk is stronger, notes Dr. Kurt Christensen, instructor of medicine at Harvard Medical School. Exactly how the E4 variant is related to Alzheimer's disease remains a mystery but the variant seems to hamper the clearance of amyloid plaque, the clumps of protein found in the brains of people with Alzheimer's. Amyloid plaque is thought to destroy brain cells, causing the disease's devastating symptoms, says a Dr. Christensen. People who inherit one copy of E4 face a two-fold higher risk of developing Alzheimer's than those without the E4 form. Those who inherit two copies of the E4 form have up to a fourfold higher risk, but it's important to understand that these people won't necessarily develop Alzheimer's disease, and that people without the E4 variant can still get the disease. In fact, up to 60% of people with Alzheimer's disease don't have an E4 variant. The potentially problematic gene variant is E4. Individuals with at least one Copy of the APO E4 variant have a slightly higher than average likelihood of developing atherosclerosis, a buildup of cholesterol rich deposits inside the arteries that boosts the risk of heart attack and stroke. The E4 variant also increases a person's risk of Alzheimer's disease. Compared with people who have no copies of the E4 form, those who inherit one copy face twice the risk of developing Alzheimer's. Those who inherit two copies of the E4 form have up to four times the risk. Only 2% of the population falls into this category. But keep in mind that having one or even two copies of E4 doesn't necessarily mean you'll develop Alzheimer's. Nor does the lack of an E4 variant guarantee that you won't. In fact, up to 60% of people with the disease don't have an E4 variant. Dr. Christensen and colleagues recently published a study in the Annals of Internal Medicine that included 257 people who were interested in knowing their genetic risk of Alzheimer's disease. Nearly 70% had a parent or sibling with the disease. All received information about their genetic risk of Alzheimer's. But half were randomly assigned to get additional information about a possible connection to heart disease along with suggested strategies to lower their risk, including quitting smoking, eating a healthy diet, losing weight, treating high cholesterol, and exercising, with a doctor's permission. Among the people who had a higher risk based on their post status, learning about the additional risk to their hearts actually reduce their distress, says a Dr. Christensen. And over the following year, something even more unexpected happened, they made a number of healthy behavior changes, such as improving their diets, reducing their stress levels, and being more physically active. And while these habits haven't been proven to help stave off Alzheimer's disease, doctors generally agree that what's good for the heart is good for the brain. The findings offer reassurance at disclosing genetic Information about possible health risks can be helpful particularly when the knowledge comes with action-oriented suggestions about ways to lessen the impact of that risk. Ask your doctor.